pushing buttons and pulling triggers. This is Gun Funny. Welcome to Gun Funny episode 223. Today I'm going to chat with Ben Griffith from Flux Defense, discuss a new ghost gun law in DC, highlight a new lightweight AR from Foztech, and talk about the new PFC championships. I am your host, Ava Flanell. Ben, how are you doing today? I'm great. I'm I have to, great. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I have to laugh though, because my editor, he put your name as Brad. And I was like, man, that would have been so awkward. Like, so Brad, what's going on? You're like, well, first of all, it's Ben. And I'd be like, man, not only does this happen in my professional life, but also in the bedroom, this is so awkward. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Horrible joke. Just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Before we get into it, let's talk about Smith & Wesson. Smith & Wesson just announced a new optic-ready version of the M&P 2.0 full-size pistols. They've been rolling out more optic-ready versions lately, but one of the coolest things is that they include the new flat-face trigger, which I got to say, this trigger is freaking awesome. It's way better than any aftermarket trigger that I've put into any of my Smith & Wessons. In fact, actually, when my friend tried the trigger, he was like, oh, wow, this trigger is really smooth. What do you have in it? And I was like, that's the factory trigger. If you guys are kind of like a trigger snob like I am, definitely check out the new freaking triggers. They're amazing. You can get the new optic ready uh, 4.25 9mm version, suppressor height sights, so that you know you can co-witness with your red dot. The 4.6 inch version now in 10mm that was just released not too long ago. On um, both of those, you can get them with or without the thumb safety. I'm personally not a big fan of the thumb safeties, but you know it's there if you want it. MSRP on these is $665. They come with seven mounting plates so that you can mount pretty much any red dot in the market without having to purchase an adapter. Check these out as well as a bunch of other great guns at smith-wesson.com. All right, Brad, I mean, Ben. <laughs> so really excited to have you on. I remember the first time that I noticed you guys, it was, I forget what, what shot show this was, but I just saw a bunch of people walking around with flux defense shirts. And I was like, <laughs> that okay. was probably us. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm sure it was. And then I was like, Oh, did these, did these jerk offs not get a booth? And they're like, well, don't worry, we're going to come anyways. And we're going to mark it. But then I was like, it's actually kind of genius because I'm pretty sure you guys definitely grabbed a lot of attention. It was either SHOT Show or maybe it was, it was TriggerCon. Yeah. No, we, didn't. We, we, we were supposed to go to TriggerCon, but we never went. Okay, we so only then, went to SHOT Show. That was probably 2019. Okay. All right. So, yeah. And I was just like, okay, like I'm kind of interested to see like what you guys have because just the shirts alone, I don't know, it just grabbed a lot of attention. I think it was like, it was like funny. black shirts with gold writing. Yeah, it was supposed to be tan, but it was kind of an off, like not not such a great tan. I mean, so what? You know, you look a little hood. I like it. <laughs> You're like, forget the gold chain. We're just going to do the gold riding flux. flux yeah. Okay, but for people who are not familiar with flux defense, can you just give us a little bit of background about, you know, what it is exactly? Sure, sure. So we first came to market uh, with a an auto deploy brace. Um, the first to my knowledge it's possible there was something before that, but, uh, wait a minute. Are you, I thought where I was talking to the owner, I asked for the big man in charge. Um, I mean, I'm, yeah, that's, I mean, I'm, I'm the co-owner. I'm the engineer. My business partner helps me design stuff, but, uh, so you don't, you yeah. don't know if there was anything previously. Oh, I'm so sorry. I meant, uh, I don't know if there was any other pistol like uh, automatically deployed oh on uh, the market before and, you guys yeah to, okay yeah. gotcha when okay. we were developing it when we were developing it strike industries i think released video of uh auto deploy stock or something even though i like i like actually a lot of stuff that strike has done but that i think was kind of a trash i mean what, sorry i shouldn't tra i shouldn't shit on shit but uh can i swear yeah you can swear because I have a hard time not swearing. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm just, me I don't too. Have a filter. Yeah, uh, that's great. I'm like Fucking a great. sailor over here. <laughs> um, so they just 
the whole point for us was developing uh, something, you know, kind of a PDW type uh, system that was had maybe the uh, the attributes of a handgun, which are primarily, you know, it's small due to small size, it's ease of carryability, portability, concealability, and you know, maneuverability, mm-hmm. combined with some extra control, like that that of a of a rifle with a third point of contact, um, or a say an AR pistol, AR pistol or something like that with with a, a brace. So we, you know, while similar systems had had been done before, plenty of arm braces, plenty of even stock pistols from a hundred years ago, actually more than a hundred years ago, with you know somewhat similar ideas of of having some extra stability. Mm-hmm. It had never been done. People, people actually shit on us a little bit because we, we called it revolutionary where they weren't understanding what we were calling revolutionary. And it's not, it wasn't the, the general concept. It was simply the, the application of a one hand deployable and rapidly deployable brace, which uh, is actuated by your trigger fingers. So it's, it's maybe half an inch. Luckily we got this in on a patent, but, uh, Hmm. it's like a half an inch away from your trigger resting position. So you can draw it incredibly quickly and, mm-hmm. and then deploy it incredibly quickly, which was the the main idea. And um, it basically just shoots out, out this brace and then it's going to stabilize that shooting position yeah. basically. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so that's where we started. And, and that was originally, was it just for Glock? Yeah, just for Glock. It was uh, attaching to the frame. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we then came out with the, uh, the magazine carrier for the front, which was also, I think the first attachable magazine carrier like that. Mm-hmm. And then we had a version with the light integrated into it, which was not the best tactical. I didn't have momentary and, and all that, but, uh, it was the smallest, most powerful, like a thousand lumen light that we could throw in into it. And then we had a version come out. It was, had a rail in front so you could throw whatever light laser you wanted on it mm-hmm. from there we we've progressed to i don't know we got to a certain point where well, i guess i guess you actually have this here uh maybe you, you can ask that question but uh the brace kit for for glocks was we 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 listened to everybody's feedback and luckily there was a lot of interest from serious groups um both on le side but particularly different types of special operations forces mm-hmm. And uh, my business partner, luckily, and I, for whatever reason, we're, we don't have a ton of ego and we just want to make the best products. So we were able to listen to all that feedback and constantly improve. And then so we went to the M17, the P320, and instead of a focus on less of a conversion, but more building a PDW up from the ground up just simply around the operating system of the P320. Mm-hmm. Which is pretty easy to do with the FCU fire, yeah. fire control unit. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's the genius of the P320. It's Which I will not- say, so I'm going to tell you guys something, and this is going to make me sound like kind of, kind of a little bit of a bitch, but I rarely <laughs> buy guns. And I'm like, I mean, I've worked really hard in my life that like, you know, I'd like to think like I have a decent reputation. Like usually if there's something I want to check out, I hit up the company and they'll send me, you know, whatever I need. But when I got the Flux Raider, I was just like, okay, I had a compact P320 and I've never really been a big fan of the P320s. And, but it, it didn't really look that great in it because it was compact. And I was like, well, there's all this extra room. And I'm like, I need like a full size. So I ended up at first I was like, this is like the day after Thanksgiving. I was like, oh, there's going to be tons of deals. And I was like, I really just need like the upper. And and then I was just like, you know, what? I'm just going to buy completely like another gun because it was like, <laughs> I think I could get it at cost, which was like 440. And by the time I got the slide and the barrel and I actually ended up buying a uh, threaded barrel in addition nice. to that awesome. so that I can either put a compensator or a suppressor on it. But you actually got me to buy a full gun. That's awesome. Just That's because I was like, I kind of like this thing and I want to deck it out and sort of go like all in. 
And it <laughs> also kind of reminded me of sort of like a, you know, like the BNT that, what is it? The AMP nine or something. Um, they, I don't know which one you're talking about necessarily, but yeah, BNT is our only serious competitor. Okay. Um, Cause I was thinking that it kind of looked, it sort of resembled that. And, and so I was like, if you don't think about it being a SIG P320 to begin with. Exactly. Yep. And because of that, you know, because of the way that it just accepts that fire control unit, puts it in there. So you're like basically building another gun. And that's sort of how I saw it. And then I was like, this is kind of fun and different. It's not like you're putting a Glock into one of those like, you know, Ronies and, you know, and that's fun and cool. But it's like, ultimately, you can't help but like think like, okay, it's just this little gun inside of a bigger thing. And. I don't know. And you just kind of made it into like a little PCC sort of, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I really appreciate that because that's, that's one thing that a lot of people don't understand. They they see our stuff as maybe like gimmicky to an extent. Well, yeah, but they also compare it to, like you say, the macaroni, which in, in my opinion and that opinion, this this opinion of every professional that I've talked to uh, is it's, it's less than, it's less than a toy. It's, it's a, I think it's utter trash. I mean, it's, I, I did so much research on it before, before doing any development our, ourselves. I, I wanted to get a full understanding of anything similar on the market and how to uh, not replicate the same mistakes that they've made. And then, you know, how to, how to approve, approve upon that. And mm-hmm. that thing, the way that, the way that it encompasses your gun, uh, it's plastic mounting on plastic. It's basically soft plastic mounting on soft plastic of the, of the Glock frame. And uh, then your optic is tied to that, a plastic rail on top of there. That It's not even really good plastic either. That thing will make, it functionally makes your gun less accurate as your gun can move around inside of it. Uh, and then it also makes it less reliable. Mm-hmm. So those those type of chassis are i don't i don't like to shit on things or shit on people but or companies or whatever but in my opinion that company is simply making i don't know i i just for me like i have to test and develop if if i if my stuff is not perfect then i am risking somebody's life and the limb and like i, I want stuff that people can depend on forever mm-hmm. i don't want something that will I don't want to just make money, I guess. Is what, and that's, yeah, that's no, maybe, you know, I'm not the best businessman because of that, but I, I would rather put the product first and the customer first rather than profits. So anyway, uh, tangent. So, so let's go back for a second though. I want to know what got you guys started where it was like, is your business partner, are you guys just like college buddies and you're just like, dude, you know, it'd be really cool in this video game. Like I'd imagine you're just like sitting there smoking pot, you know, playing video <laughs> games. <laughs> Um, no, you're like, first of all, we were in church. Okay. And, uh, (laughs) that's hilarious. (laughs) I had, had nothing to do with college pot or, uh, video games. It was simply, although I guess my business partner did get into guns more through, uh, film and video games. He's, he was, uh, in the film industry before he was, he had his own production company Mm -hmm. and, uh, I was an emergency locksmith, so I was breaking into things for a living when people needed. Uh, I know those types of people. <laughs> I mean, I, with, with their permission, but uh, yeah, no, but I totally, I get how you, I, I have actually quite a bit of friends that were locksmiths, and they're like, yeah, so instead of breaking in and going to jail, now I just get paid to do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it was it was certainly a fun adventure. Yeah, um, kind of like. You bit, you're almost in hood rat shit without, you know, the moral, yeah, you know, aspects to it or, or any negative consequences. I, that was, that was fun. I hated being on call because we we're on call 24 seven, including Christmas every single day. So that sucked, but, uh, it did give me a lot of free time. I was able to then teach myself CAD and my business partner and I, we were, we've been friends since, uh, junior high. <laughs> And then uh, at a certain point, we both we both got into guns, maybe early twenties. So about probably similar time as you, maybe a decade ago. And I don't know, we're both probably ADHD or something. Uh, we get if if we're 
interested interested in something we'll, we'll dive deep and uh so i i dove very deep and got super into guns i at a certain point uh started i mean i, I started modifying my own guns uh pretty much every single one trying to make them work better and uh started off probably iraq veteran videos super early on of, of how to how to improve your mosin <laughs> and uh I just slowly worked my way up from there then doing more and more uh, uh, modifications. Taught myself a lot of gunsmithing, just working on my own collection. And then uh, taught myself CAD. And then once, once my business partner, Arius, I don't know, I was showing him some stuff. And then like they were the ugliest drawings ever. It was absolutely terrible, uh, despicable. And I don't know, he... Uh, he's an awesome outside the box thinker and we started working on all sorts of different stuff for years and years. And then, uh, at a certain point I thought of, uh, the magazine carrier idea to have an extra magazine to on the front, you know, to basically double your capacity in terms of like, if you think of home defense or other, other things, most people are not grabbing a spare mag or like, if somebody's breaking into your home, you're, you're going to grab your gun. You're not typically going to grab too much else. Time's limited. Mm-hmm. So I figured, you know, having something like that on the front of your gun and then pulling your muzzle down, helping mitigate recoil would be awesome. And then uh, he's like, okay, well, what about if we add a brace? We do a brace. And then he wanted to do the gearhead works, like an adapter for the gearhead works. And then, uh, I was like, nah, fuck that, man. Let's let's design our own with optim like optimally design it so it's the best. Anyway, long story short, here we are years later and somehow our shit went viral. We still have never paid anyone to promote any of our shit. We've never done any ads or anything. And uh I guess we've we've done some things right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um but uh we are now doing we did start, you know, with converting the Glock, but what I like about what you said is it's not a conversion. It's, it's, uh, it's a PW built from the ground up. It just happens to utilize the P320 operating system, which, you know, I, I didn't like the P320 pistol at all. I'm giving it a try right now. I'm, I'm really trying because a bunch of Navy SEALs, the G, you know, I don't know if you heard of GBRS, but we were training with them. They rolled through and they were all using the P320. And that was enough for me to like, okay, well, I'm going to, I'm going to give it a shot. So I'm, I am trying it as a handgun now, but, but I, I don't know. I'm a Glock guy and, uh, I even prefer the, them and P's over the PC 20. But, uh, in terms of an operating system for, for our Raider, it works phenomenally well. I have been super impressed and never seen a failure in, in tens of thousands of rounds that wasn't due to either bad ammo that I bought in a plastic bag, like a little Ziploc bag that had dead primers mm-hmm. that it wouldn't ignite at all or uh, suppressors before we figured, you know, out that there's a little bit of pain in the ass about suppressing the P320. I've, I've never seen a failure and we have fucking absolutely tortured our shit. Cause we want to, we just want to develop the best shit. So we've, I don't know how many hundreds of times we've we've dropped them or thrown them to the ground and buried them, run them over. Yeah. We torture our shit. And uh it's it's blown us away how 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 well it's done. It's, and especially in, in testing, uh third party testing through groups. Uh I can't speak too much due to NDAs, but through I mean, you would know who they were. Mm-hmm. They're the top, you know, tier one, some of the best dudes doing shit and they're, they're wanting to replace their mp7s with with this which is awesome they're still testing them a year later doing all sorts of awesome awesome badass testing mm. and uh it's performing very well i'm constantly trying to improve it right now trying to uh especially improve the production because that's our greatest problem is is trying to produce enough for the market because yeah. they sell out in a couple minutes at yeah. a time which we'll talk, we'll touch base uh, about that here shortly. I'm going to take a quick break real quick, talk about primary arms. 
By the time this episode comes out, we'll have already drawn a winner for the award-winning SLX MD25 Prism with the ACSSC QB reticle. It's a really compact 25 millimeter optic that has a larger field of view closer to what you normally see on a 30 millimeter optic since they're built everything inside um, so compact. I just got one to put on my IWI Uzi Pro, which really looking forward to trying that. And if you didn't win, check them out. Uh, right now they're on sale for $169.99. Also remember, if you use the code AVA, that's A-V-A, you're going to get a free scope mount with every primary arms optic that you buy. And then stay on the lookout for our next giveaway. Uh, we're doing one more giveaway before the end of the year with primary arms. So just head on over to Gun Funny Podcast Instagram and follow the description and you'll get entered to win. Yeah, and good luck to everybody. In the meantime, check everything out at primaryarms.com. Well, let's talk about how you guys, you know, because I noticed, you know, as soon as I posted the product, the Raider on Instagram, everybody's like, yeah, I've been trying forever to get one in stock and they're not in stock. And I was just like, okay. So what have been like some of the issues as to why like you guys can't keep them in stock? Is it, I mean, has COVID like affected it at all or is it much more beyond that? Uh, COVID was probably the cause number one. It it made it extremely. We we uh made a stupid decision and chose a very high end specialized polymer that's it's used a lot in the motive, automotive industry. It's a, it's it's a metal replacement as a, like in metal engine components. Mm-hmm. But uh, the problem is is that the supply was we chose that before knowing, you know, horrible supply chain issues. And, uh, and then even beyond that, then just even nylon, like the, the raw, like base nylon, this is a special, very specialized nylon, but, uh, you know, the, the base components were, were hard to get a hold of. And then now, you know, even glass fiber is short. So the raw component was, was hard enough. Luckily steel, we, I stocked up pretty, uh, early on. So, we uh we had enough of our, our chrome alloy steel for the parts, but uh so supply chain was definitely part of it, and then uh, unfortunately our molder, I don't know, our molder got bought out, and <laughs> they uh we we didn't know until way later. We've gone through a shitload of account managers there, and they are constantly telling us, oh yeah, we we will do this, and they don't, and right now they're sitting on close to a hundred grand of ours with being like a month late. Wow. Basically they, they suck. It's, it's super frustrating, but they, they're terrible. So I'm trying to set up new production right now because they just will not get us parts. And that sucks because we've, I mean, we're basically beholden to them. They've got us by the balls. And uh, so we, we can't really do too much until, until they get us parts and once they once they get us parts and we we will you know drop 500 and a couple of minutes later they they're sold out and then we have a bunch of bad reviews and just hate hate emails and all sorts of shit from people not who dislike our products they simply just can't get our products and they're tired of trying and uh failing on on a on a drop mm-hmm. it's not like we're it's not some sort of people they think it's like some sort of sales tactic or whatever or, or i don't know people have all sorts of kind of in my opinion pretty dumb ideas of, of why it is and it's just simply that manufacturing issues and we're we're working them out we obviously want to sell to everybody it doesn't benefit us at all to not sell or you know sell less so anyway we're working on it and i'm we're setting up new production that's been my primary goal of or the past few months is, is uh, solve these issues so that anyone who wants a reader can, can get one. Nice. Yeah. It definitely sucks when you have to rely on somebody else. Yeah. I'm curious. So you guys went from the Glock to, you know, the SIG P320. Were you guys originally, I mean, did you just go with it because of the FCU or did you 
you know, were you going to that? Because it seemed like that, I mean, for the longest time, it was like Glock 19, Glock 19, you know, like that was like everyone's go-to gun. Uh, There was tons of aftermarket parts for Glock. And then I would say SIG was really like, really the next biggest manufacturer that people started to make aftermarket parts for, but it definitely took a little while. And then, you know, now I say the P320 is, I mean, it's probably, I would say probably the second most popular product out there for aftermarket parts. Was that kind of what initiated why you guys would jump onto that? Or was it primarily for the fire control unit? So it was a definitely two factors, primarily the, the, the uh, fire control unit. That was the, the major factor, the fact that we could, you know, rather than design around the, the polymer frame, um, we could actually design around the internals and, and the operating system, which you have in your nuts. You're actually, we had to compromise like crazy on the Glock, compromise like crazy because of that. And access to the magazine release was, was difficult. It lowered your grip quite a bit, which is, you know, less than ideal. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so the FCU is a huge deal, but then, you know, the military adopting it was not only, not only did it mean it was going to be popular and that, uh, contracts would be much easier to get, but it, it meant that it had proven itself, even though I, I was frustrated as hell when Glock, the 19 X, uh, missed out on the contract. I, I felt like it was a better, I still feel like it's a better pistol it meant that it, it had proven itself enough to, to win that contract. Mm-hmm. So between, between the military and then you know, it's not just the army now, it's, it's literally every single branch. Um, the, the advantage too is that we have a ton of soft units or seal units with, they, they get issued, they have the P320s, the, the M17s or M18s, depending on who they are, just sitting around and those, those operating systems are ready to go so there, it's it's very easy for them to uh, buy the Raider because it's a it's a comparatively uh, very inexpensive to then just convert all those over to Raiders, and then they have you know the smallest, lightest, fastest PDW. So those are the two factors why we really went with that. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Let's talk about some of the controls and different options that are on the Raider. Cause I know like when I first took it out of the box and I was like, okay, even though there's all these like stickers for dummies and you're like, of course you don't pay attention to the stickers. Like I'm a, I'm a professional. I don't need this. And so I'm the same way. Yeah. And so even me, like, you know, having the P320, but I don't like mess around with it all the time. So I was like, all right, let's just take out the, you know, fire control unit. All right, let's try to, so of course you don't read the directions. You just try your best to like put it in and start yep. it, make it work. And then I uh, extended the brace and then I was like, all right, how do you get this thing back in? And, <laughs> but I, I feel like that's how I learn is by like trial and error Messing as opposed yeah. to actually just like taking, actually, I don't even know if mine came with directions now that I think about it. So maybe, um, I think that there's like a, maybe you I guys just assumed like a- that I was a professional and you're like, she doesn't need directions. <laughs> Yeah, I think there's like a paper and then maybe uh, you can like a scan. There's there's a, oh, like like a QR, QR code, code. You can scan or something, I okay. think. Yeah, I mean, that that's less of my wheelhouse. I don't know. I just, I'm the engineer. I'm the engineering side, so I, I don't deal with that part as much. But yeah, the, the instructions are, it's it's a unique, definitely unique system. It's got three mag releases for two different magazines, which sounds crazy and it is. It is crazy. That's but, what, uh, we, yeah. Originally I was kind of like, wait a minute. Cause I pressed the Mac release that is resembles <laughs> more of like the AR Mac release. Yeah, and then I realized, yeah. oh no, it's right here, which is right by the, the mag. I don't know. As if you were grabbing it. So the it's front magazine. Yeah, yeah. So it's more intuitive. Yeah. Like as you're grabbing it, it just releases. Yeah. Yeah. So there was a, basically we, we start with concepts. We, we like to design around base concepts such as, Economy of movement uh, is one of our major ones. And then uh, we'll add on top of there. So like for the spare magazine release, um, because yeah, our first iterations didn't have a a solid, it wasn't a release. It was more of a, 
kind of integral spring catch. So you just tear, you'd either shove it in or then tear it out. Whereas we figured out that uh, it was pretty superior to have a release on there. The reason why we hadn't before is that if we use a standard magazine release, then that could both be accidentally actuated when you didn't want it to, as well as it could result in like it, you have a small little button you're trying to hit very quickly for a fast reload and it may not go well for you. Mm-hmm. So we had, you know, I don't know the idea. The idea is like, well, what if, what if you had the one release release both magazines and it just simplifies and makes it faster and easier for you. And then, you know, we, we have these console or like the auto deploy brace. We figured out how to do it after, but uh, that, took me a few iterations to kind of dial in get right but we have i don't i still don't know if including the ar style magazine release uh was the right choice it it is removable if anyone you know doesn't want it you just you can you can take it out but then you have your standard well standard placement for the for you know kind of pistol style magazine release although it is a push forward uh rather than a push in so that i don't know that's that patent's still pending. Uh, I think we'll, I think we'll get it because I've never seen anything like it, not not even anything close. But it really makes it so you can have a record world speed reload without, you know, it's maybe like five minutes of practice, mm-hmm. just because it's already there on the gun. And so, I don't know. Do you do you like it? What do you, what do you think of it? Have you, have you have you shot it much? I only shot a few rounds. Because then I had to go tase somebody. <laughs> you had Which to go we'll, tase somebody. Yeah, we'll talk about that here shortly. But yeah, so I was only <laughs> able to like put it in, fire a few rounds, and it was with the compact. And then later on that day, I bought the full size. But, you know, so I, I really didn't get a chance to like play around with it. It was still very much a foreign object. But I think, you know, with any, I mean, I have tons of guns that are like, bull pups and stuff and it's like not your typical rifle or not your typical yeah. pistol and it's like Different you adapt controls. fairly well you know to it yeah. so yeah but actually that reminds me so i got to take another quick break real quick talk about iwi the so speaking of bull pup rifles you guys need to check out the Tavor X95 if you haven't already. It's the latest generation bullpup with upgrades over the original Tavor SAR, including a new trigger pack with lighter pull, ambidextrous controls, more like kind of like the AR-15 so that they're easier to go back and forth between the platforms. And they're just over 26 inches long with a full 16-inch barrel, which gives you the full energy of a 5.56 from that barrel while still having a short overall length so that they're great for close quarters. They also come with a modular Tavor pistol grip that you can swap for standard pistol grips if you want. You can also get 300 blackout or 9mm conversion kits for them. Definitely check them out. That is at IWI.us. Remember, if you find any accessories that you like, swag, extra magazines, pistol grips, any of that good stuff, use the code GUNFUNNY15 and that is going to get you 15% off. Yeah, I actually, I need to play with it around a little bit more, but I, like I said, I liked it and it was definitely one of those things where you have to look at everything because there is a lot of gears and levers (laughs) and buttons, you know, than you would normally. It's not just like, cool, you, you know, here's the button that you eject the magazine and here's the slide lock. And, and I'm also really interested to check out some of Brad's stuff, um, tactical dev who I had on a few shows ago. And because uh, I think like the the slide uh, lever, whatever it is that he has for it. Yeah, the uh, charging handle. Yeah, I think that would actually yeah. be great to have that I think is a must. And yeah, just like trying out some of his stuff, which I guess, I mean, you guys work fairly closely together, correct? Yeah, Brad's awesome. We've been meeting the higher as an engineer for, I think, years now. Nice. <laughs> but, uh yeah, he Still comes having, out with some pretty like oh, yeah. pretty like he's, innovative stuff. He's awesome. He's super cool dude. He's super similar. You know, he's just looking to improve stuff. And yeah, he's he's come out with a few accessories for the Raider that are super badass. Like mm-hmm. the uh because of the ripstick, the front sight replacement uh charging handle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is awesome for, you know, one hand manipulations or uh 
you know, it's a, as well as a kind of a battery assist device, you shove it forward just in case, you know, it's not a, just in case your gun doesn't go into battery or whatever else. I've got a few on, on some of my readers. And uh, you also got like a kind of a thumb forward operating pedals, I think what he calls it. So they control their muzzle rise a little bit. So you could ask him about that. Yeah, no, Brad's, Brad's awesome. Nice. Yeah. yeah, you guys. Uh, He's pretty close to us. Nice. Do you guys have anything in the works for the future? Uh, we always have shit in the works. Um, let's see. Um, I mean, I guess the only, I'm, I'm just, I'm trying to check to see if there's anything I can actually talk about because most of our shit is always pretty secret. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm working on a lot of other little accessories for the Raider of uh, particularly ways to carry them. I don't know if you ever saw our MP17 videos, but like a, a holster like that where it's a uh, relatively small for, you know, a PDW holster, but it's a uh, quick draw, meaning hmm. you don't have to, you know, draw it up say six inches or whatever first before coming out of the holster, but it's, it's literally like half an inch up and then you can say for like, you know, close attention draw or something like it's, it's like an old West draw. You can draw it extremely quickly and get the muzzle, you know, pointed to your enemy extremely quickly. And then it's level two works with any lighter laser built for, you know, a handgun and then, uh, works with suppressors. I'm trying to make it reversible. So it's like left or righty, mm-hmm. left or righty compatible as well as, uh, I have concealment options that I'm working on to carry the Raider and then options for like a, a plate carrier to carry it on there. I carry it actually EDC, a, a Raider on days that are not, uh, hot. Um, so if I can, if I can wear like a, a shirt, like a long sleeve button up shirt or whatever, I can conceal one pretty easily underneath that. It's, it's got the optic mount chopped off. So it's, I've got a slide writing optic, but, uh, besides that, it's, I don't know, it's pretty easy to do. And, uh, and then I'm working on, uh, Glock Raider because that is obvious. It's kind of obviously the next step. And eventually we'll have our own, our own PW type system with, you know, a fixed barrel and then some sort of superior operating system with, with a little bit less recoil, better for suppression. We've got a bunch of other stuff, but that's, I don't know. That's probably all I can talk about. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else that's, yeah, that's about all I can talk about. We do have another, another company that'll be launching pretty soon here. That's, uh, on the medical side, kind of trauma care. But that's that's also a little bit early to talk about. I can send you some stuff in in a, in a bit when we have them. We're still in still in production there. Okay, cool. And then if people want to follow you guys on social media or check out your website, where can they go? Fluxdefense.com or Fluxdefense uh, on Instagram. We don't really mess with Facebook too much. I mean, there's so if you are, if anyone is you know seriously interested in buying our stuff. It, uh, I'm sorry, but it can be kind of a pain in the ass because we, we still, you know, we, we have crazy demand and not enough supply quite yet. We are working on that. But if you are interested, you can get on our newsletter uh, just through our website. And then if you join up on the Flux Defense Owners Group on Facebook, I don't run it, but I do interact there and post updates in terms of like when we're going to be doing drops. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, moving on with the rest of the show, Caldwell. Caldwell has a big sale going on right now with a bunch of things marked down. The new Emax shadows are 23% off right now, which is weird. I'm like 23%. wonder why 23, not 20, 23. They are their in-ear hearing protection that looks kind of like the Apple AirPods, but include ambient sound, amplification, and hearing protection. They also have a dual microphone so that you have a good clear voice amplification for talking. Battery life's about five hours per charge, and their case has a built-in battery that will recharge the earbuds uh, four to five times before you have to recharge that case. Right now, they're marked down to $127.46. Great opportunity to get a pair 
Definitely remember if this is your first purchase, use the code GUNFUNNY10 and you'll get an extra 10% off on top of that purchase. And that is caldwellshooting.com. Today in politics. Politics. What is going on in the world today? It's political AF. DC Council quietly fixes, quote, ghost gun law. Washington, D.C. city councilors quickly amended their new ghost gun ban after a lawsuit was filed against it in September. Dick Heller, who among the plaintiffs, most of you're familiar with the D.C. versus Heller decision 13 years ago, who affirmed an individual's right to keep and bear arms, at least within the home, and the council quickly amended they were sure to lose the way it was written. The law, as it was written, would essentially make all Palmer frame pistols illegal because it would have included any dissembled frame that would pass through a metal detector without any of their other parts. There's very little metal in most Palmer pistol frames other than the stamp serial number. And without any of the other parts, the frame could easily pass through a metal detector. Literally any modern Palmer pistol would be banned by this law potentially. With such a broad scope of what the ban affects, it has a huge potential effect on precedent for other cities and states that would like to implement similar all-encompassing bans. Thankfully, the council recognized that the law would not stand up in court and quickly amended it. However, the updated law will be much harder to challenge as it's essentially only mandates that all weapons be registered, which has been permitted in several states. In the updated version, all of the places of the pistol are included in the metal detector requirement and it allows individuals to manufacture their own frames as long as they are serialized and registered with that district. The lawyer for Heller and other challengers, George Lyons Jr., is still pursuing a preliminary injunction against that law because if the underlying law remains in place, the D.C. Council could reverse their amendment with the stroke of a pen at any point in the future. It's definitely a case to keep an eye on since it's exactly the kind of law within states like California that they'd love to implement. Manicor Arms. I mentioned the IWI Tavor X95. Manicor has some really like must buy upgrades for it. So the cantilever forend is a total game changer. It gives you a rugged, free floated aluminum forend longer than the factory Palmer one with lots of M lock mounting points. The full-length top rail that you can get with the OEM height or get the AR height so that it works with standard iron and scope mounts for optimum height for your cheek weld. The curved butt pad, of course, is essential. And lots of other stuff like gasketed port cover, uh, if you want to keep gas out of your face, switchback charging handle, all those things. Check it out, manicorearms.com. Remember to use the code AVAROCKS15, and that's going to get you 15% off. Q&A. There's no such thing as a stupid question. Just kidding. Visit gunfunny.com forward slash contact to submit yours. Today's question is, how was it tasing someone? I mentioned, you know, that I shot the gun quickly and then I had to go tase somebody. And I was like, ah, gosh, you know, what an inconvenience. Um, So a few months ago, uh, Taser, the brand, they sent me the Pulse Plus and they were like, do whatever you want with it. And originally I told people I was like, okay, well, originally I was trying to get somebody to volunteer to get tased and that's kind of hard to do. And then I was like, all right, well, how about if we raise a certain amount of money, I will get tased and the money donated is going to go to FPC, Firearms Policy Coalition. Nice. Oh, yeah. But then people, it turns out people didn't want to see me get tased. Apparently my (laughs) listeners and viewers are not that fucked up. So then I was like, all right, there's been a change of events. We are going to, you could either donate in the category to not see me get tased or to see me get tased. Whichever category wins is, you know, going to be the outcome. So of course the category not to see me get tased won. And that was the end of it. You know, I talked about uh, the taser you know, said some pros and cons about it, made the video, released it, ended up donating to Firearms Policy Coalition. And that was a few months ago. Taser came back and they were like, hey, you know, whatever happened to that video, like we were hoping that you were going to tase somebody. And I was like, okay, well, that's awesome. You probably should have mentioned that the first time around. And so 
I'm like, all right, so I'm not getting tased. I also, you know, I mean, yeah, there was a moment where I was like, all right, if I have to get tased, I have to get tased. That time's changed. I'm, I'm like, I'm not getting tased again. I'm not like, I'm not again. I've never gotten it, but I'm like, yeah, you know, I've changed my mind all like entirely. We're not doing that. <laughs> so now I have to find a volunteer. And luckily Ron, Ron Carter, who was actually a guest on the show a few episodes ago, maybe like two or three months ago. Um, he also, he's a, an assistant instructor for my company, Elite Firearms and Training. So occasionally he'll teach classes. He thankfully volunteered. And I was like, man, just think how much street cred you're going to get. He's married. But I'm like, I'm like, this is a total panty dropper. If you weren't married, you know, girls are going to be like, wow, you got taste. That's hot. And uh, so it didn't take a ton of convincing. And so it was the day after Thanksgiving. I hate to say it, but I was so hungover. Holidays are really tough for me with my mom gone. And the Thanksgiving did not go as planned. Anything that could go wrong went wrong. It was so bad. I don't even want to talk about it because people will literally lose so much respect for me. But yeah, I ended up just getting trashed with a lot of my friends. And the next day, you know, when you like drink too much, which I don't really drink that much often. But you know, when you drink too much, and you kind of like the shakes. Like, it's like, uh, and you, yeah. So I totally had like the shakes and here I'm like, cool, Ron, we got to tase you. (laughs) Anyway, so there was a few things that I didn't like about taser. When I recorded my video last, I don't know if I kept the taser on, like on the on switch, the safety was off or if the battery just went dead. And I say this because, so we realized the battery went dead. I was at a gun store. I was like, well, maybe we could just take one out of the other box And one of the girls behind the counter, she's like, oh, here, you can just use mine. We took hers out. Her battery was dead. And it's like, oh, wow, cool. So this is awesome. You know, if your battery is going to go dead that quickly. And she's like, maybe I had it on at one point, but she'd never used it previously. So it's never like she, you know, used enough of the battery that I feel like batteries should last longer than that. But we were able to get one out of the box, use that one. And... Then I also wasn't sure if this one technically the pulse plus once you fire the trigger and the prongs hit the person and, you know, it's tasing you, you could essentially drop the taser gun and run away and it'll continue to Mm. tase somebody for 30 seconds, which 30 seconds is a long time. I mean, you're not breathing. It's it's actually a very long time. So you haven't ever been tased? No, I haven't. Yeah, it's uh, (laughs) a I just got tased the. Speaking of volunteering to get tased, I got tased by SWAT. Did you? For, uh, did you have Haley's the strategic video? Did you get uh, the prompts yeah, in yeah, you? They, yeah, they gave. Yeah, they gave. They took them out and then gave them to me. But, yeah. Uh, okay, so still, those freaking prongs are no joke. Yeah. Because some people are like, "Well, yeah, I got tased, but I used the alligator clips," and I'm like, "Dude, that's not even no. Like, unless you got <laughs> hit with these freaking prongs that are, man, I'd say they're probably like six centimeters. They're about a half an inch." I mean, they're, they're no joke. Like, and they, yeah, they're, they're made also the, barbed. Made clothes and, yeah. They're barbed. They're yeah. To stay in you. <laughs> but one of the things that I didn't know, and we couldn't find out in the directions is I'm like, is this going to tase you for 30 seconds or is there a way around it? Cause if I don't have to tase you for 30 seconds, I'd prefer that. Like, I'm not trying to make Ron die. He's nice enough to volunteer. <laughs> and there was nothing. We watched other videos. We, you know, looked through the, whatever, material that reading material that came with the taser and there was nothing that said it. So I was like, all right, we're just going to do it. And if maybe when I turn the safety off, it will essentially stop if not, or if I pull the trigger again, but I'm like, you might be going for a long ride or a short ride. We're not sure. <laughs> don't even know. So luckily the minute I turned the safety off it or on, I guess it turned, it stopped tasing him. So he got tased for a good, like 10 seconds. And then, yeah, getting those prongs out, it was, I mean, at one point, like getting the second one out, you could hear. So I released a YouTube video on this. By the time this video comes out, my, or the show comes out, my video will have been released. And you can hear when we take out the second prongs, like the rip of his skin. It was just like, (laughs) it was like, oh God. uh." (laughs) And it was, it was pretty bad, but yeah. So pros and cons with taser, like one, I'm like, include another set of batteries. In most of their things, they include another uh, taser-like disc thing. You can essentially use your gun twice. I mean, you could use it more than that, but they included one of the, uh, you know, refill. Yep. 
uh, the bar, the, 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 the prong things. Yeah. yeah. So I'm like, if you're going to do that, and I'd imagine it is as shitty as these batteries are, include another set of batteries because I sure as hell would like to change the batteries after I used it once. Or, you know, there needs to be directions like, hey, to save the battery life, you know, I don't know. And then also, you're essentially assuming that somebody's going to use the thumb safety, like it's an active safety. So you have to turn that on mm-hmm. and then be able to shoot somebody. And me as an instructor, I typically tell people like, hey, the more safety your, your guns have, the more room for error. Yep. So yep. I don't know. There were some pros and cons, but I will say once it worked, it definitely worked. And I could definitely see how it would deter somebody. I mean, they can't move. They can't talk. Can't they can't do, do anything. You, so, yeah. yeah. And then, yeah, if, if there's if there's positive like if if both prongs hit properly and and especially if they're not too close so that's that's the the main downside is you have to hit both prongs inside your target and ideally the furthest away possible so that that's the downside to the taser but yeah it's extremely effective you cannot do anything it's uh how long it, were you sore for uh no actually I don't know. I mean, I felt, felt very good. Maybe 30 seconds after I felt energized. Um, I would, I would totally do it again, even though it was, yeah, it was, it was like, uh, like I've, I've gotten stun gun before too, uh, to test like my sister-in-law's stuff out. And that was like a one as like, this was like a 10, like this, this was insanity. It was, uh, yeah, that's, I mean, that's what Ron was, was saying. Bad. Ron was like, that yeah, was, that was a lot. Was, like he said, it was really painful. <laughs> Yeah, it was terrible. I mean, I they Haley Strategic actually muted like they, they muted my scream uh in the video. They it was for the Did you have like a really high pitched feminine scream? <laughs> no, I don't think so, but uh it was <laughs> no, because I mean I guess I heard it in other cuts, but uh it was it was just <laughs> it was a tortured man's scream. Yeah. <laughs> um it was it was pretty pretty fucking rough, but uh Hmm. I don't know. I, I would definitely, I would, I would actually do it again. It's, I think it's, I don't know. I think it's, I think it's good to feel some pain every once in a while, especially if there's no permanent effects, you know, and I'm yeah. not like a masochist or anything. I just think that our lives are a little bit too soft and comfortable hmm. nowadays. Yeah. All right. So Tacti Talk. Tacti Talk. Discussing popular guns and gear. Love it. Hate it. Find out now. Fostech, which I'm not, I gotta say, I don't think I have any Fostech products, but Fostech recently unveiled a new AR that's made with new alloy to really cut the weight. The new Stealth and Fight ARs, I guess two different models, are made from magnesium aluminum alloy that weighs about 30% less than a normal AR. The Stealth is a billet made version, and the Fight is a forged option. The fight's actually stronger because of how it's forged. So it's actually stronger than the 6061 uh, billet aluminum that ARs are typically made out of. And we've all seen like the fancy ARs built with everything carbon fiber because, you know, it weighs less than, you know, five pounds ultimately. But these are solid. They're not hollowed out, you know, skeletonized, fully featured. For them to still come under five pounds is actually pretty good. And for them to also be as strong. One of the guys that handled them said that the short handguard felt just barely more like a business card, which I don't know if I understand that concept. They're already available on their website. You can order them as rifles or pistols anywhere from $1,400 to $1,700. And you could also order just the lowers or the handguards if you wanted to build your own. The lowers are $94, which is actually pretty awesome considering they're super lightweight. So that, you know, I think is a good price. But yeah, I haven't gotten my hands on it. But, you know, if you're in the market for a lightweight AR, especially because, I mean, I personally prefer them lighter. Like I did an AR rifle class. And if you're going to do a rifle class all day and you're holding that thing in front of you and constantly shooting it and doing manipulations, your arms are going to go like so freaking tired that give me a lightweight AR all day. I mean, if we're shooting long distance, then yeah, I want, you know, I want like the weight to it, but. I don't know. Some of these 10 pound ARs, I'm like, nah, pass. All right. So tech mat. (music) 
Cleaning your firearms is something that most of us can admit we tend to neglect a bit, which I am so overdue. In fact, I mean, Ben, you live in Utah. You're pretty close to Colorado. You want to come over here and just like clean my guns? We'll have a cleaning party. <laughs> I used to, I used to enjoy cleaning my guns, and uh, I, I did know, too. And I used point. to be so good about it. Now I'm just like me too. Every every range session, oh, now, I'm now like, I, I really I never clean a gun. I don't I, either. I just oil it. I just oil it. Yeah, I know that's how I am. And I'm like, ooh. At the end of the day, I'm like, I'm just like my dad. Like Those my dad used to do the same stuff. thing. Yeah, they are. I mean, I like them because they have like. They have really cool designs, different exactly. sizes. Yeah. I always have them on my work desk just because, you know, I'm always working on something. And if nothing else, it doesn't like mess up my table. It's just added padding. Actually, I have one right now underneath my computer and my coffee. Mug, <laughs> actually, nice. yeah, really cool. They range different sizes. They have like the full AR-15 style size. Do they even have doormats? Nice. So you could That's even awesome. get like a doormat if you wanted. But yeah, they're anywhere from like. $13.99 to $39.99, but you're not going to pay full price because you'll use the code GUNFUNNY20. That's going to get you 20% off. And the website for that is techmat, so T-E-K-M-A-T dot com. Stupid, funny, cool, interesting, awesome, as f- Never mind. A-F. Today's A-F segment, pillow fighting is moving out of the bedroom into the boxing ring. This is actually kind of interesting. I actually just watched a movie the other night about fighting and stuff. And I was like, man, what a freaking crazy career to have. And just constantly getting punched and healing and then getting hit again and then having to reheal. And it's like, so, you know, after reading this article, I was like, you know, pillow fighting, especially for some of those like MMA fighters, like this may not be bad if they're wanting to maybe retire a little bit, you know, maybe not constantly get into those really bad fights where there's, you know, injuries. When January, the first live pay-per-view event of the Pillow Fight Championship will be held in Florida. Steve Williams, he dreamed of turning the childhood horseplay into a professional combat sport with all the drama of hand-to-hand combat without the gore of MMA or boxing. He says it's not a laughing fight and feathers don't fly. It's serious. It's hardcore swinging with specialized pillows, which I'm like, "Hmm, that's interesting. You wonder if these pillows are like really hard or soft or like what do these specialized (laughs) pillows feel like? That's what I thought. Most of the competitors come from MMA or boxing backgrounds, but nobody gets hurt in these pillow fights. The fighters don't like to get hurt. And there's lots of people who don't want to see the blood. They want to see good competition. They just don't want to see the violence, which I'm like, I don't know. Who are these people? (laughs) Isn't that why you go to hockey games? (laughs) Um, The fact that so many people grew up bashing their siblings, friends, parents with pillows makes this sport relatable, which he hopes will help tap into a new audience. You can call it an alternative sport, but we think it's going to have mainstream appeal. He said definitely sounds a little crazy, but honestly, people will watch all kinds of things nowadays. So I think they might be onto something. (laughs) I don't know. All right, iTunes review. So we only have one left. After that, we're all out. So if you guys haven't, please do so. Today's review is from Zeller, titled Something to Start My Week Off, Five Stars. I work in a field where I have quite a bit of time to enjoy podcasts. I look forward every Monday to having new content to enjoy. Your guests and insights are always on point to help me enjoy my day at work, as well as educating me on current and relative topics affecting the 2A world. Thanks again for what you do. And Zeller, I got some good news. Uh, you were undefeated. So there's nobody else that I have to choose between or I'd have Ben or Brad, whoever we're with today, choose. Just contact me at gunfunny.com. Click on the contact us form and let me know a good address to send that prize pack to. If you guys enjoy the show and you want to become a patron, you should highly consider it. Even if you just donate like $3, you get access to our Patreon only Facebook page. Lots of fun. We're actually doing a secret Santa in there, which we've done for four years now and it's always a lot of fun you can converse with like-minded people and the money goes to a good cause which helps feed tickles you know tech tickles also blown deadline he gives away a 300 gift certificate to a lucky patron every month and want to thank the 25 dollars patrons who are corbin bonafide iraq veteran 8888 sake holsters justin paulson jason anderson sportsman's guide daniel treadwell keith callamore and melissa writings King of the Patreon, still Jon Snow, he wants me to say the operator tickles destroyed the periodic table 
because she only recognizes the element of surprise. It's pretty good. All right. Um, Ben, thanks so much for joining me today. Really appreciate what you guys do. Definitely really cool stuff that you're working on. I just hope that you guys definitely, you know, work out, you know, getting that stuff in stock because there's definitely high demand for it. As soon as I posted that picture on Instagram, I was like, damn, people are probably going to rob me tonight because I have one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, people go crazy for them. Yeah. So can you just remind listeners once again where they can check out your products? Sure. Just uh, fluxdefense.com or fluxdefense on Instagram. All right, cool. On that note, we are out of here. Thank you, Ava. Want to send feedback? Tell us about a company or anything else. Go to gunfunny.com forward slash contact.